الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وهو القاهر فوق عباده ويرسل عليكم حفظه حتى إذا جاء أحدكم الموت توفته رسلنا وهم لا يفرطون سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم In this life most meetings of importance are scheduled in advance with our notice. In this life, most meetings of importance are scheduled in advance with our notice. And the location and the time of those meetings are predetermined and preset. So for instance, an important meeting that a person might have over the course of their life is an interview for a job. And what happens is that a person will apply for a job and eventually they'll be offered an interview for that job and they'll be given a list of dates that they can choose from or even just one date for that matter and that date will usually be several weeks in advance. And that person will be told that the meeting will be held at this particular place, it'll be held on this particular day, at this particular time. So the person is told well in advance, or at least with some uh, advance notice, with regards to when that meeting will be, where it will be held. It's scheduled. Another important meeting, for instance, in a person's life could be the, their marriage. The first time that they interact with their spouse um, will be on the day of their wedding and that wedding date is always preset several weeks before the wedding everyone knows when it's going to happen everyone knows where it's going to happen because the hall is booked the venue is booked and there's a time that's given A person might at some point in their life have to show up to court for in a meeting with a jury or a magistrate or a judge. It's an important meeting in a person's life and they're usually given some degree of notice and they most certainly are instructed on where they should go for that meeting and the time that they should present for that hearing. So in most important meetings in our life if not all important meetings in our life, we know when they're going to be, we know where they are going to be, and we know these things in advance. And more often than not, we have the ability to reschedule these meetings in the event that we aren't able to make it. So for instance, let's say that a person is on their way to that job interview, it's the morning of, they get a flat tire, they end up running 
a couple of hours behind, that person can always call and reschedule that job interview. They always The possibility of rescheduling that interview is always there. A person, even with regards to a marriage, if something were to happen such that some emergency were to occur and a groom wasn't able to come to his wedding or a bride wasn't able to show up to her wedding, then it could always be rescheduled for a different date. It could be several weeks later, several months later. There's nothing binding on that meeting that it has to occur at a particular day, at a particular time. There's a degree of flexibility. Same thing with a court date. Somebody has a court date, they are always given the option of rescheduling that meeting, even though it's a very important meeting. It's a meeting between, uh, you know, between a person and a magistrate, a judge. It's an important meeting, but the but the ability to reschedule that meeting is there. This is how the meetings in this world are. There'll be one circumstance one meeting that every single one of us will have at some point in which we are unable to reschedule it. In fact, we don't even know when it'll happen and we don't know where that meeting will happen. And that'll be our meeting with the angel of death. Our meeting with the angel of death will most certainly happen but we don't know when it'll happen we don't know where it that meeting will happen and we have no ability to reschedule that meeting it'll be the most important meeting of our life and every single one of us will have that meeting some of us may have a job interview some of us may never have the ability to interview for a job that meeting may or may not happen in our life some of us will get married some of us will not get married the meeting that we might have on our wedding day may or may not happen for some of us some of us may have to go and present to court for something some of us may never have to do that that meeting is possible and may not happen most certainly the meeting with the angel of death will happen every single one of us will have to meet with the angel of death there is no exception to this rule there's no exception to this rule It'll be the most important meeting that you and I will ever have in this world. Now what's ajeeb about this meeting is that, number one, we don't know when it will be. We don't know when this meeting will be. We aren't given advance notice as we are for a meeting for a job, for work, for school, for some relationship. We aren't given any advance notice. How many people do we know in our own lives that we've interacted with young and old alike that had to meet the angel of death uh, out of the blue no warning whatsoever young people teenagers 20s 30s the angel of death came and took their life away they had to meet we don't know when that meeting will happen but we most certainly know that it'll happen we don't know when it'll be. The second thing that's unique about this meeting is we don't know where it'll happen. We have no idea where the angel of death is going to meet us. No idea. No clue. We, it would be it's impossible for us to predict it. Some people will meet the angel of death in the hospital. Some people will meet the angel of death in their own bed at home. 
Some people will meet the angel of death while they're at work. Some people will meet the angel of death while they're at the masjid. Some people will meet the angel of death while they're at the sh while they're at the the mall. We have no idea where this meeting will occur. But it can occur anywhere. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Aynama takunu yudrikumul maut, walaw kuntum fi burujim mushayyada. That the angel of death, wherever we may be, Aynama takunu, wherever you may be, yudrikumul maut, death will, can take a hold of you. There's no, there's no hiding place from death or from the angel of death. There's no place of refuge. There's no place of protection. It isn't that we could stay in some bunker somewhere and protect ourselves from the angel of death. It isn't that we can book ourselves into the world's top intensive care unit and protect ourselves from the angel of death. Wherever we may be, wherever anyone may be, the angel of death has 100% permission to come and take that soul away when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants it to. And the third thing that's very ajeeb about it, this meeting in particular, is that when the angel of death comes, we have no ability to reschedule that meeting. There's no ability to reschedule that meeting. That when the angel of death comes to meet us, that's it. That's it. We can't tell the angel of death to come back tomorrow. Come back after a few months. I just, I need to work on myself a little bit longer. Don't come yet. I haven't done my tawbah. I haven't repented back to my creator yet. Can you please come back next week? Please come back next week. I haven't become regular in my salah yet. Could you just give me a few more months and then come back and we'll, we'll meet and then you can take me where I need to go? I haven't become consistent in the Qur'an yet. Could you please come back in a year when I've mastered to the degree of mastery that I, that I think would be pleasing to my Lord? Could you come back? I am still involved in this sin. Could you please come back in two weeks' time so that I'm able to work on myself, eradicate this from my life, and do a sincere tawbah? Is that possible? No. There's no rescheduling our meeting with the angel of death. When the angel of death comes, it will come. And we have no option but to follow suit. It doesn't matter if we didn't rectify our relationship with our parents. When the time comes, the time comes. It doesn't matter if we didn't rectify the relationship with our, with the, with our members of the community. It doesn't matter. When the time comes, the time comes. It doesn't matter if we had sorted out our finances, sorted out what we were going to do with our lives. When the time for the angel of death to come has come, then we have to go. And there's no going around that. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ وَيُرْسِلُ عَلَيْكُمْ حَفَظَةِ That Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala uh, has, has sent uh, protecting guardian angels for us. Until the time of death comes. And they, meaning the, the beings that are responsible for taking our soul away, they don't fail in this task. 
they always pass. It's not that that responsibility is given on their shoulders to go and meet this person and, re and take away their soul and give them death. And that they make a mistake along the way. They stumble. They get lost. They can't reach. They can't reach you. Or when they do reach you, that they can be convinced of, of, of coming back at a different time. Absolutely not. Allah Taala says so clearly, "Wahum la yufarriqun." They don't fail in this responsibility. They don't fail in this responsibility. Their one task, the one task of the angel of death, is to remove our soul from our body at the time that Allah Taala has decreed that to occur. And they will, and, and the angel of death will absolutely do it. And the angel of death will most certainly not fail in this regard. Death, as scary as it may sound to some of us, it's a fact of life. It's a fact of life. We can't get around it. It's there. All we can do is prepare for it. All we can do is prepare for it. We can't run away from it. We can't hide from it. It's there. The analogy that my teacher gives is that as if we are all on a, a river, uh, or we're on a, a river, and there's boats that are you know, at different places along that river that are flowing, and eventually that river just drops off. You don't see it beforehand. You don't see where it drops off, but it most certainly drops off, and one by one, boats are just dropping off and completely disappearing. And a person that's still on the river doesn't re they don't see what's coming. They don't even know that other people are dropping off from that boat. They just are flowing as if nothing is happening and then one day suddenly they fall off the edge of that river and that's the end of their life. And that's the end of their life. Our biggest challenge is that we assume that we are going to live forever. We don't want to think about the possibility of leaving this world and of dying. We don't want to think about it. We want to feel comfortable thinking that we are going to be here forever. But that's not our decision. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us life, خلق الموت hayat, And He's created death. And all of us are going to face this. And if I were to ask you a question, what is the name of your great-great-grandfather? Think. What is the name of your great-great-grandfather? Most of us won't be able to answer this question. Even someone who is directly related to us, who lived just but a hundred years ago, a hundred and fifty years ago, we aren't able to recollect their name. What about the millions and billions of people that lived over the course of time that were not related to us? What happened to all of them? Where are they all now? They all had to face the angel of death. No one remembers them. No one remembers them. There's a select few people in the in the history of man that people remember. And even with respect to those select few people, there's a few time points in their lives that maybe they are remembered by. But the vast majority of people, and even the select few that are remembered, the vast majority of their life, there's very little detail we know about it. People come and they go. They come and they go. No one remembers them. 
In the same way, when death comes to us, people may remember us for just a few weeks, maybe a few months. Maybe a close loved one, our child, our parent might remember us for a few years. But 20 years from now, 30 years from now, no one will know that we even existed. No one will know that we were here, even present on earth. A hundred years from now, guaranteed, nobody will even know who we were. We think that we're something. We think that we have some meaning in this world. We think that there's something that's permanent with regards to our existence, whether it be our aspirations, our dreams in our life, whether it be, you know, if we become a physician, whether it be that we become a sports star, whether it be that we become a celebrity, whether it be that we become some politician. I mean, all of that doesn't even matter because ultimately no one's going to remember it anyway. We are all going to meet the angel of death and a hundred years from that, from then, or 150 years from that point, no one will even remember who you and I are. We won't even be a memory. You won't even be able to look us up in books. That's the reality of this world. Now, as challenging and as difficult as it may sound, death isn't as negative as we may think it is. We may think that it's simply an outlet to hopelessness or even to create the feeling of hopelessness in a person. But for people that strive in, in, in pleasing their Lord and aiming to connect with their Creator, death is just a gift. It's a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to us. The Prophet says in a simple hadith, Tuhfatul mu'min al-mawt, that the gift of the believer is death. The gift of the believer is death, not the punishment, the gift. The gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to the believer is death, the meeting with the angel of death. How so? Firstly, because when a person meets the angel of death and they are in a state of belief, then they've passed the test. This world is just a test. It's a test of if we are able to maintain our faith until the day that we have to have this important meeting with the angel of death. That's what the main test is of this world. And as we go about this world, hundreds if not thousands of distractions are created to derail us from this. Shaitan tries in so many ways to remove Iman from our lives. He throws a sin in our direction or the recommendation of a particular sin in our direction with the hope that if we engage ourselves in this sin then we'll become so wretched because of it that eventually we'll lose our iman. Shaitan throws our way doubts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the hope that if we ruminate about these thoughts about maybe Allah didn't exist, maybe there was something before Allah. If we ruminate over these thoughts then there's a possibility that we will take back our faith and then shaitan will have succeeded. So countless things are thrown our way over the course of our life that are aimed to derail us from our faith. The person that succeeds is that person who on the day of meeting with the angel of death leaves this world in a state of iman because they've now passed the test. They've passed the tricks of shaitan. 
they've passed the deception of the of the nafs, the inner uh, desire of the human being. They passed all of this. Now there's no possibility of them failing because death has now come to them. The possibility of shaitan deceiving them further no longer exists. The possibility of them losing their faith no longer exists. And as a result, inshallah, they will enter into the gardens of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Death is a gift because it's a sign that a person has passed their test. If they meet death in a state of faith and iman. A second reason is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been waiting to give the believers their reward. Allah ta'ala is waiting to give the believers their reward and that reward we won't be able to experience until we leave this world. This world isn't about reward. It doesn't matter if a person believes in Allah or doesn't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they can enjoy the comforts and the pleasures of this world. The, just because a person believes in Allah doesn't mean that they are going to live a more comfortable life. That belief in Allah is independent of, or, or comforts in this world are independent of if a person believes or doesn't believe. The true reward will be the reward of Jannah. That'll be an unlimited reward. Without limit. Beyond our imagination, that'll be the true reward. Allah Ta'ala is desirous of giving that reward to us. And that can only occur after we leave this world. As a result, the gift of the believer is death. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala can finally give the reward to the person after they have passed away. The Prophet said, that we should remember death abundantly. He said, remember abundantly the destroyer of desires. The destroyer of desires is death. So we should remember death abundantly. If we remember death abundantly, if we remember death abundantly, then we will note a change in our lives as well. This is part of the sunnah of the Prophet This is part of the teachings of the Prophet that we remember death abundantly. There's no escaping it. Might as well accept it and remember it so that we can better our lives. There's a few ways by which we can do this. Number one is every night before we fall asleep, we should spend a couple of minutes imagining that we are dead, that we are no longer in existence in this world just close your eyes before you go to bed imagine that you are by yourself either in your grave or at some stage afterward and you are no longer in existence the world will still carry on events will still happen in the world sports sporting games will still occur the news will continue to report itself all of these things are still going to continue even after we leave this world. So spend a few minutes before you go to bed every night, perhaps when you're lying on your bed, and think about how things will be after you leave this world. Number one. The second thing is to visit the graveyard abundantly. One of the habits of the Prophet ﷺ was to regularly visit the graveyard. Why? Because it reminds us about the reality of life. 
when you go to the graveyard and you see hundreds if not thousands of graves that may or may not be named that may or may not have dates and you see that these were people that lived lives just like you and I did and now they're here no one knows who they are no one is able no one remembers them anymore but they're there and we ourselves are going to be there as well if we visit the graveyard regularly or just at some interval then we'll be constantly reminding ourselves of our meeting with the angel of death the third and final thing is to do tawbah regularly do tawbah regularly tawbah means to sincerely turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to ask him to forgive us of our prior life of sin and to forgive us our prior life of sin and to turn back toward him if a person does this regularly at some regular interval it will help them remember death because in that person's mind who is doing tawbah regularly they're constantly thinking that i have to turn back to my allah if the angel of death comes and meets me before i do tawbah to my creator then i will have failed if the angel of death meets me soon after i do tawbah then i've passed if i can leave this world having wiped away my history of mistake my history of sin if i can leave this world in that state then i will have succeeded i've passed but if i leave this world in ghafla in heedlessness if i leave this world still engaged in my usual activities then i failed so a person that does tawbah regularly they're constantly thinking that they have to leave this world in a state of purity through tawbah and they are in constant preparation for the meeting that they'll have with the angel of death that's one of the additional benefits of tawbah so to bring the remembrance of death into our life three things number 1 is to spend a couple of minutes every night before we fall asleep imagining that we have passed and thinking what experiences we might be undergoing and recognizing that the rest of the world is still carrying on number 2 is to visit the places uh, visit the the graves visit graveyards because this will remind us of our ultimate destination and the third and final thing is to do tawbah regularly because this will remind us about the about what really matters in this world may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you and i the tawfiq to have a comfortable and pleasant meeting with the angel of death may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to meet the angel of death in a state in which he is pleased with us may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the difficulties of that encounter with the angel of death wa akhir da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin